0: I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to, uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our
2: paper two days ago telling us who we have to take.
1: Welcome back, folks, to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. Today, we have a fantastic show for you. We are going to be discussing the latest NFL draft situation for the top two picks as we know who they are and we are also going to be giving New Year's resolutions to those both two specific teams. Additionally, we are going to be sharing our favorite players that impressed during bowl game season. Before we get into that though, folks, I am Joe DeLeon joined by NFL draft experts with NFL Draft Bible, Ryan Roberts and Alex Skillstrap. I want to get into the the conversation that we have coming up, folks. Before we can get to that though, I need to talk to you about Bet Online. The NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. With all of these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. If you're thinking those things, you need to go to Bet Online dot a g i say this all the time on all of my other shows do not be like me do not be the guy that gives your buddies advice when they when they text you and say like hey who's gonna who's gonna cover this week and give them advice and not put your own money down stop doing it don't be like me don't sit on the sideline from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online and there's always the online casino as well so head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So guys, we we officially know who the top two picks are. Once we get that, that actual order set, we will be doing a mock draft on the following show. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be a fun episode. Our mock drafts are always very eventful as we tend to make fun of each other, but we know who the top two picks. It's going to be the Jaguars at one. It's going to be the Jets at two, as the Jets seemingly love to win when it doesn't matter and it keeps putting them out of range of getting Trevor Lawrence. Now they're out of range of being able to get Trevor Lawrence. We're now on a point where New Year's is coming up. We figured it'd be a good time to share some resolutions for these two very bad football teams that need to make a lot of changes. First, getting to the Jaguars, guys. Or sorry, yeah, we're going to go to the Jaguars first. What do you guys think is the, is the first resolution that needs to be given? So, Ryan, why don't you hit us with this first one?
0: Well, I, I threw it in, um, you know, right when we were about to start. And I actually saw someone say it on Twitter, you know, during the game because, you know, they had another 40-something to seven game or whatever it was, Mike Lennon playing they have, when you look at that defense, they have some players that are worth getting a little excited about. Josh Allen, the second year pro from Kentucky, outside linebacker, who had 10 sacks as a rookie quietly. Caleb on chase first round pick out of LSU this year, kind of a versatile piece that can play an odd man fronts outside linebacker can play in space a little bit. Miles Jack linebacker. Those are three pieces that in that front seven are really exciting players, very athletic players. And for whatever reason, I don't know why this is, the Jacksonville Jaguars are saying, you know what? We're going to handicap two of our talented pass rushers, two of our talented hybrid players, and we're going to play a four-man front for two players that would be phenomenal in a 3-4, absolutely phenomenal, We're going to say, nope, you're going to play with your hand in the dirt 90% of the time. We're not going to be versatile. We're not going to be multiple at all. We're just going to pigeonhole you to one spot. And I know when we talked about Caleb on chase on in last cycles, that was like the biggest concern is don't just make him strictly a pass rusher. That is not what he is going to be on a full-time basis. He has to be a guy that does a multitude of things. Get him and Josh Allen and Miles Jack, and the positive pieces you have to this front, Taven Bryan even for some instances, get those guys in a 3-4 in a multiple front system where you can put them in in different positions and really highlight what they do well. Stop being so simplistic. Stop pigeonholing these talented football players into one specific system. Take the shackles off. Let these guys be the players that they are because that defense is bad. Okay, secondary is bad. There are some really bad pieces, but there are some positive players on that defense that are not given the opportunity to shine.
2: No, I'm glad you brought that up because Caleb on Chase on. I was thinking to myself actually yesterday it was. I was thinking, where's this guy been? I haven't heard anything about him, so I went and looked at what he was being deployed to do on PFF, where he was lining up, and then, God, it was stupid how how much four three defensive end he was playing versus playing as an outside linebacker and you're right they have the pieces to play a great three four you see the pittsburgh steelers do it very very successfully and this team has some pieces to do that for me it's bringing in marketable players jacksonville has good draft capital with two first round picks and the number one overall pick obviously we're looking at trevor lawrence being that number one pick who's going to be the most marketable player in this draft uh with the hair and the 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 resume of the college player coming from clemson The size, the arm, but around them, uh, they have cap space and you need to do what Cleveland did just a few years ago, going from that 0-16 season, drafting Baker Mayfield, bringing in Jarvis Landry and, you know, bringing in some big name players and then eventually Odell Beckham Jr. as well. They really turned that franchise from this bottom-tier franchise, what we see with Jacksonville right now, to one of the most exciting teams in football. And, and yeah, we're just now reaping you know the benefits of having all that talent, and they look like they're going to make the playoffs this year uh, finally in Cleveland. But that's what the Jacksonville Jaguars need to do. They have an opportunity with Trevor Lawrence to be one of those exciting teams that everyone's going to want to tune in to watch on Sunday Night Football and Thursday Night Football uh, with Trevor Lawrence and and bringing in some other guys, so the biggest thing for me is Jacksonville has never been a big market team. They're a small market NFL franchise, and with this number one pick being different than the others, and Trevor Lawrence being there, you have to you have to really really put your foot on the gas and bring in some some top tier names.
1: Yeah, and this year's free agent class isn't too crazy. It's actually quarterback heavy, but maybe you could coax a guy like AJ green to come and be a part of what is expected to be possibly a quick rebuild. If you bring in the right coach, if you can sign the right free agents with the crazy stupid amount of cap space that they have. I really like what you have to say with say with this, Alex, because They do need marketable players. You're playing in Jacksonville, and I understand the fans there are pretty excited about the team, but it's one of the least marketable areas outside of Jacksonville. It's always been an issue. There's never really been a guy that you can sell to fans to fall in love with, and Trevor Lawrence is going to help with that. But if you can bring in some other names, some other big names, I think that's definitely helpful. They also have uh, an additional first-round pick separate from that first overall pick. So they'll have the the additional time and the additional capital to go grab some maybe some fun names to make this a really interesting group. The other thing, too, that I, I, I'm shocked that we have to bring this up, but Ryan, you brought up a really good point when you said that we needed to include this. I thought this was a foregone conclusion, but it still hasn't been. It, we thought it was a foregone conclusion two years ago, but the Jaguars need to fire Doug Marone. They need to move on from him they need to start over especially from what you pointed out Ryan about switching defensive fronts especially for what you pointed out Alex and being able to attract different people you need a new fun coach a big name make a splash you have Trevor Lawrence you're going to get Trevor Lawrence do something crazy
0: well yeah and i mean and it's really odd situation cuz usually when general managers are out the door that's the perfect time to get rid of your head coach too you know they're usually kind of attached by the hip a little bit so when Dave right. Caldwell was out Trent Baalke takes over in, you know, his, you know, whatever, interim role or whatever you want to call it. But Doug Marone he finds his way out, you know, and he's still coaching. And I'm just like, huh, that's odd. And I mean, so Jacksonville is going to be a really attractive position for, as far as general managers are concerned. It's going to be a, a really desirable spot for head coaching, too, with Trevor Lawrence and the cap space and the draft capital. If you saw our uh, Friday night scout school presentation on salary cap a few weeks ago for Friday, for um, NFL draft bible, we talked a lot about why Jacksonville was such a desirable destination. But I'm worried right now, and I don't want to sound like what like people are going to like jump off the ledge here. Could you imagine with this Jacksonville Jaguar organization, what it's what it's had to suffer since 2017 when they had one good season and just have been down ever since with the bad ownership. Could you imagine if they made the decision you know what, Doug, you got your new quarterback. We're going to give you one more year. Oh, and Trent Balky, my God, we're going to take off the interim role and we're going to let you be the general manager next year. Could you imagine? Mm. Because then we have been talking about, like, save Trevor Lawrence for the New York Jets, but if that situation happens, man, I'm not so sure the Jaguars are a better destination for Trevor Lawrence than the Jets if those decisions are made.
1: Right, it would just be a step backward. It would be ultimately a regression, and Honestly, I think that's a good transition to put us in here with talking about the Jets. The first and clear New Year's resolution going into the offseason, going into next year for the New York Jets is you need to cut the cord with Adam Gase. I get it. Joe Douglas and Adam Gase, they're boys. They're tight. Joe Douglas got a job because he knew Adam Gase. And Joe Douglas is a fantastic general manager. It's helped out the Jets. But you need to realize just because he's won two football games against okay opponents, decent opponents, games that they probably should not have won, that doesn't mean you need to keep him around. He is not going to create consistent success with whoever he tries to build around, and it's been clearly apparent in two years. This is another situation, I would argue, you need to make a splash. And if you try to do like you just talked about with the Jaguars, try to keep around the current situation, it is only going to perpetuate losing and and the crap that we've seen from them. Start fresh, let a new coach come in with a very young roster, and set the tone early.
2: Well, yeah, for for me, you can have the same conversation about the quarterback position. Don't let these two wins in December, this hot streak in December against two-plus teams... Make you have thoughts that Sam Darnold can be that for you for the future, just like we're talking about with Adam Gase. Don't let don't let them in, ending on a positive note sway your decision and, and keeping them long term. You need to just jump ship, start this thing over, new head coach, new quarterback.
0: Well, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I'm not. I'm man. The Jets are such a strange ones again because, like we talked about a second ago. Adam Gase needs to be gone. Like, it needs to happen. But, like, why has it not happened yet? It seems like it hasn't happened yet because Joe Douglas has attached himself at the hip, which is a damn shame because, hey, man, you can get excited about the uh, 2020 NFL draft class that you have with Denzel Mims and um, Makai Becton. and, And there's a lot of talent. Ashton Davis. Like, there's some guys there where you're like, all right, we can build here. We can start going. The, the fact, though, that Joe is doing this and that is attaching himself so intently to Adam Gase gives me pause, man, for a second because it's a lot of turnover in an offseason to not only replace a head coach but also a general manager, especially when I think that there's a general good general manager potentially already in place. So I'm hoping they figure that out. And what happens there at quarterback, you know, we keep talking about Justin Fields, Zach Wilson. Man, what if the Jets go off the rail again? And they're like, you know what? We're gonna, we're just gonna start building from the inside out, and we'll find our quarterback later. Let's let's Ugh. take uh, let's take Penny Sewell and, <laughs> and Bookends with Makai Beck. I'm just looking. I'm thinking yeah. about the worst case scenario here, Joe. And I don't know, man. I, I think. <laughs> well, I, Jets, tweeted I, don't think, I tweeted that.
1: I tweeted that. I said I can't wait until till draft time when Adam Gase is handing a jersey to Penae Sewell. I can't wait for that to happen because you know what? That's the most jet thing that could possibly happen, and I, I know it's negative. I know it's really negative. I know Jets fans don't want to hear that right now, but it's it's in the realm of possibility. They've continually done stupid stuff like this before.
0: Hey, I love um, I love offensive line play. So sign me up for Pena Soul and Mackay Beckett. <laughs> yeah, well that'd that. be a sign great tandem.
2: <laughs> it would be a great tandem but you have to move on like we're saying Adam Gase Sam Darnold they're just you just got to move on you got to start clean whether that's Zach Wilson whether that's Justin Fields at the top of the draft and for them you really just have to find offensive weapons around them later on in the draft as well you know we talked about Joe Douglas and this front office having a, a a good draft uh last year in their first full year there so You got to do that again, whether whether your guy is Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or even Trey Lance, you know, because I I I don't even think that's out of the cards at this point right now. Uh, You take them at two, and you got to build things around them. Denzel Mims, you brought in last year, he wasn't able to see the field very much, if at all. So you you. You don't have a running back. Frank Gore cannot continue to be the running back of this football team. He's not going to be. Lamichael P. Ryan doesn't offer you anything exciting. You have to bring in a running back at some point, and you just have to continue to bring in weapons. Chris Herndon has not lived up to the hype that w- of what he could be with his athletic profile. You know whether that's a a day two pick on a Brevin Jordan. You know that could be exciting. You know something like that, but you just need receiving weapons to go around. Uh, what you hope Denzel Mims is going to be for you Gra- in this offense.
0: Grab Steve Sarkesian and then stick oh. with Sam Darnold. The USC ties, make it work, baby. Let's go. Don't okay, don't,
1: don't don't put that <laughs> negative energy on me. We're, we're trying to be positive here. We're not putting that out into the void. God, I hope that doesn't happen. No, I, Alex, I, I agree with that sentiment there. We need to see some actual offensive weapons, and Sam Darnold's biggest issue has always not having – People to get the ball to, and this season has been the epitome of that. Throwing the ball to Baxton Barrios for the majority of the year is not really going to create good offensive production. Denzel Mills is that Milms, bad?
0: Is that bad, Barrios? I don't bad?
1: think he's very good. Do you think he's good?
0: No, I don't. Okay, good.
1: I just, I'm glad I just we're, we're on the Bryson same page. Just he's just playing devil's advocate. Playing devil's advocate. Ryan loves to play devil's advocate. Denzel Mims, though. I mean, just it, to argue. Yeah, exactly. He, uh, Denzel Mims, though. I mean. He looks like he's going to turn into a, a pretty good option in that group. He's shown some positive signs. I think that needs to be the priority. They've always had this affinity for drafting defensive players in their, their time of drafting highly. They need to use the focus now with those first few rounds of going grabbing some receivers, maybe a tight end, um, a running back, someone just to make this group more explosive that you're going to pair with whoever ends up being that potential quarterback of the future. All right, guys, let's get into talking about these latest bowl games, some of the top prospects that we saw. And understandably, these bowl games, the good ones are yet to come. We're going to get to see some of these really interesting matchups. There's some really cool games that you will see, and we talked about them on last week's show. Already, though, some of these smaller school guys have already impressed us to a pretty good measure. Alex, let's head to you first. Who do you think has impressed the most? Who had the best bowl game so far, and why did you pick them?
2: Yeah, for me, you know, looking at some guys that that have some draft stock, that people that I've been looking at all year, Elijah Mitchell, the running back from Louisiana, has had it quietly a really, really good season uh, for the Ragin' Cajuns, along with his teammate Trey Regis, who is someone that we. We talked about quite a bit over the summer. Elijah Mitchell's just such a solid running back prospect. He's very efficient. He doesn't—he's not a flashy player. He's not gonna break out 80-yard runs, but good contact balance through the first two levels. He can catch the ball a little bit, but he's a, kind of an upright runner. But good vision and and good power to his game. And this guy's just gonna average six yards of carry, and that's what he's done all year for for Louisiana. So he had another big game: 19 carries, 127 rushing yards, and a touchdown. He's just super efficient. You know, he doesn't like I said, he doesn't do anything flashy, but you you just know what you're getting out of him. And it's six yards of carry just straight up and down runner along with his teammate Trey Regas, like I said, who had an efficient game as well. I think he averaged seven yards of carry in a limited workload as well. So there's two really good, you know, underrated running backs uh, out of Louisiana that no one is still talking about, which I which I expected people to start coming around to Elijah Mitchell by now.
0: Well, I think Mitchell did get the Senior Bowl invite, so we'll see him down in Mobile at least. I have I have a comp, Alex. You ready? I have one. Yeah, I love it. Alfred Morris.
2: That's fun. I like body style wise. Yeah, yeah for stylistically. sure.
0: Stylistically, I'm not saying Sti- he's yeah, going stylistically. to run yeah, for yeah, 1,600 yeah. yards That's... as a rookie or whatever. I'm not saying. Right, right. <laughs> I'm just saying he's got that strong build. He's not super elusive, but he is a no one right. cut, get downhill. Kind of, I mean, really solid in the passing game, too. It's not like, it's a little underrated. Like, he just does that's everything I, yeah. super well, you know? So, mm-hmm. Trey Regis is another no good one. Holes. I real I holes. Yeah. I heard a rumor that Trey Regis might be going back to school, maybe being the work workload guy as a, yeah. a six-year senior him. or whatever, but that, that's uh, for another day. Um, I guess sticking with the smaller schools, quote-unquote, I'll go to the Mountain West for my guy that I've been tooting the horn for for, all season at this point. Um, Carson Strong, who we had the interview with him a couple weeks ago in Nevada's victory in the bowl game, he was 22 of 28, 271 yards and five touchdowns. So he was very efficient, had a great game. They actually put up the, the stats side by side with Trevor Lawrence passing this year. And it's in nine games, it's actually a little more impressive than what Trevor Lawrence has done. Obviously that's against Mountain West competition. So there's some context just to consider with that one, but, Carson Strong has been excellent all season long. He's had you know, he had one game where he wasn't super effective, but even that game he was efficient, not turning the ball over, which is something that he's been doing consistently all season. My thing with Carson and it's a great conversation actually, I actually had with David Turner, who was a former scout for eighteen years in the NFL, and he told me like Carson if he comes out this year, he might be a late first round pick. You know, he might that might be the ceiling for him. But if he goes back, could he be the number first quarterback off the board? And I'm like, could be. It could be top ten pick potentially next year. Carson Strong. He's only a Richard sophomore. Uh, some people are going to ding him for you know the number of games he's played, the competition he plays against. But only being a Richard sophomore, which doesn't happen too often. Mountain West quarterbacks leaving that early, you know. Josh Allen was a, ju- a, a junior, but he had played multiple years. It wasn't just like one and a half year starter like a Carson Strong. So he impressed obviously in the bowl game. I know when I had my interview with him, you know, we talked a little bit about, hey, man, like, what are you thinking? You know, and he said, like, oh, I, I've submitted to the advisory board. We'll see kind of what the what the the, uh, the feedback I get for it is. But I've, I'm really leaning now, just kind of considering everything, taking a step back. I think Carson Strong should be a 2022 guy because I think that there is a legit ceiling for competing in next year's class with a guy like Keaton Slovis and Sam Howell. There's a lot of depth, seemingly, for next year. But is there that one guy where you look at and you say, that's the first overall pick? I feel like boards are all over the place early on, which they should be because we haven't really dug in heavy with those guys. But I think Carson Strong, despite a great performance, should be a guy that maybe considers going back because I think that the upside is there to maybe being the top quarterback off the board next year if he has another phenomenal
1: season.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, ultimately, I think the draft hype came a little late for him to get that that real first-round push, uh, at least on the media side of things. I, I, I can't speak on how the NFL views him right this second um but no Carson Strong should I think he should go back with with what he's put on tape this year go into next year I think he's going to be one of those top quarterbacks up there with Keaton Slova Sam Howell Jaden Daniels out of Arizona State these guys that we've been talking about for a little bit over a year now as as a as a top quarterback prospect for this coming year I think Carson Strong like you said has a chance to be QB1 Uh, this guy pretty pretty ball all the arm strength you need and he's consistent. He's put up consistent numbers all year. He's taking care of the football and he's making splash plays. I don't. I don't think there's a there's going to be a guy going into next year that I think has a prettier deep ball uh, than Carson Strong. Carson Strong really, really. Uh, he has a live one. He's a live one for sure.
1: Well, folks, thank you for tuning in. That is all we have for you on today's episode. Hope you enjoyed our show. Next week, as we said, we will be doing a mock draft and additionally. Uh, We will be putting out another interview on Thursday, which is, of course, New Year's Eve. Make sure you go follow us on social media at NFL Prospects Pod, at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, and at Alex Gilstrap. Uh, That is on Twitter. Also, hit that subscribe button if you enjoy listening to the show. Make sure you also follow Believe Podcasts, at BLEAV Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram, and head to Believe.com to find our show as well as hundreds of other amazing shows. Stay tuned on Thursday, folks. As I said, we've got another fantastic prospect in review coming your way.